Blog Talk Radio. Girl Cy Brown, and welcome to the Cy Brown Morning Show. Today is Thursday, October 18, 2012. Where in the world has the time gone? I just can't believe it, right? Well, I am so glad everyone's joining me today, as always. I love it when you guys tune in. I love it when you listen. I take a lot of time to get these shows prepared, and it just warms my heart that you thought Think it not robbery to spend 30 minutes of your day with me. So for that, I am always grateful. We have an awesome show today. Today I'm talking about how to make tough decisions and then parenthetically speaking like Nehemiah. I have many people who listen to the show who are saved and sanctified and go to church, and then I have many who don't. So this show speaks to everybody. Uh, we are talking about decision-making. We are talking about how to get through tough times. So I am grateful that you tuned in today. Before we get started, I just want to let everyone know that the chat room is now open. So feel free to log into the chat room. And if you want to talk to me or you want to you know, have a comment, let me know your thoughts. Feel free to dial 347-633-9113. Again, the call-in number is 347-633-9113. And to talk to me, you just have to hit press the number one on your dial. Uh, before we go in, I just want to share one thing very, very quickly because I have so much to talk about today. Last night, I had the pleasure of going into Harlem, and uh, a friend of mine She's a minister, actually, Shonda Lumpkin. She is a dear, sweet lady. Her mother died from breast cancer, and she started this foundation and this initiative called the Mama Luke Foundation. And she is raising awareness because her mom lost her courageous battle with breast cancer. But what the cool thing about Shonda is she has uh, secured the support and help from a lot of people in hip-hop, namely Kango Kid from UTFO, Roxanne Shante, Dougie Fresh. I mean, just a host of old-school hip-hop artists. You know, hip-hop pretty much gets a bad rap nowadays, you know, thugging it out. But there are those of us who are in our early 40s, late 30s, and some in our their mid-40s who grew up on a different hip-hop than what it is now. So last night they had this huge fundraiser, and so I took, I went, took a lot of pictures, uploaded them to the fan page and to my personal page on Facebook. So please support any type of cancer awareness through walks and things like that. You all know my mother died from uh, ovarian cancer, so I wear the color teal a lot, and I'm always out telling women, please get your vagina checked. Uh, it sounds vulgar. We don't want to talk about it. But get your boobs and get your vagina checked. Lay up on the table, put your feet in the stirrups, and let the doctor do what they have to do. I know it probably sounds a little repulsive early, you know, 11 o'clock <laughs> in the morning. But the reality is I watched my mom die, as in she's there, she's breathing, and two seconds later she wasn't. So it is worth it for me to slightly offend prudish people because I want you to live. I love you with the love of God, and I want you all to live. So um, <laughs> on that note, let's get into today's show. Now that I've shocked everybody, I hope you at least had a cup of coffee first. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> that's how that goes. 
um, today's topic is how to make tough decisions. And in parentheses, I uh, put like Nehemiah, and I'll get into why Nehemiah is such a very important person and why it's important to kind of follow um, some of the, the, the track that he used to make some really, really tough decisions. But the inspiration for today's show was not necessarily uh, a scripture in the Bible, and it, it definitely wasn't something that I just um, came up with. We are going through some very tough times, and you hear me talk about it every single day. We're going through some really tough situations. And early this morning, a friend of mine um, posted on my Facebook page, and I've seen this before. Um, It's a picture of a horse, and the horse is tied to a plastic chair. And the caption under it says, sometimes the chains that prevent us from being free are more mental than physical. Now, we all know with the sense that we have, a horse can easily drag a chair anywhere. But yet, in this photograph, a picture is worth a 1,000 words, 10,000 words in this case, that it's just standing there tied to a plastic chair that probably costs $12.99, if that, at Walmart. And so when we look at that picture, it makes us wonder if we're tied to things that are as light as a feather and why. Sometimes the chains that prevent us from being totally free in our lives are more mental than physical, and I actually believe that more so than not. There have been times in my life where I've held my own self back, number one, primarily because of fear. But there's, you know, a few other factors as well, but fear is really the biggest one. And, you know, there are a host of books how to, you know, a friend of mine, Rachelle LeBlanc, love her dearly, uh, she's now in Atlanta, was a contributor to a book entitled How the Fierce Handle Fear. And I have a whole chapter in my last book, Life Remix, that talks about fear is not something to master. You have to dance with it. It's a spirit. But even when we, if fear is not the root, what is it that's mentally holding you back? And I believe it's often the source of that leads back to our inability to make a decision, even if the root of that is fear. And so in the spirit of us being the horse, being held down by a chair or a feather, as it were, I really want to share with you strategies for making tough decisions and setting yourself up so you're successful, so that the outcome of your decision is, number one, sustainable, and number two, of value. And number three, straight up works. Because anybody can make a decision. You think about it, you have to make a fast decision, and it was the wrong decision. And you're like, damn, how did that happen? Yeah. What is your plan? What is your strategy for making tough decisions so that you have the best possible outcome? And so this is this led me to the conclusion that it, it, it's just about making decisions and In order for the horse to actually walk away, it had to make a decision that it could. And so we're going to just share. I have uh, just a few ways, about five or six steps that I believe we should follow in order for us to be able to make decisions, tough decisions. And I put the word tough in there specifically 
so that way we can get through whatever challenges that we're having. Now, for those of you who are near your computer or listening to this um, to the podcast through iTunes, uh, or you have access to a computer, just Google Nehemiah. And we're using Nehemiah as an example uh, for for this lesson today, for this show today. But the gist of it is, without getting into intense theology, because you can you know study this on your own, Nehemiah had some really really tough decisions to make. You know, Nehemiah for those, and I'm putting the. Um, a link in the chat room right now very quickly for those who are listening online. Um, it's digdeeperdevotions.com forward slash nehemiahsprayer.aspx. So you can you can follow up with that. But the gist of it is Nehemiah <clears throat> heard that Jerusalem's wall and its city city's gates had been destroyed. And he lived in Babylon, which was hundreds of miles from Jerusalem. And he wanted to know, he had to figure out, should he leave his cushy position? You know, he was in a position of royalty to help those in crisis. How many times have you been faced with a decision that you know somebody needs help and you're like, eesh, do I really want to do that? Because it will ultimately affect what you do. I, I know I deal with that every day. I deal with people in crisis all day long that ultimately does have an effect on my personal life and my professional life. And so we have to make decisions sometimes swift and sometimes quickly. But Nehemiah didn't know what to do. So he fasted and he prayed and he did all these things that he was taught to do. And some of us don't believe that that's the way to go while others do. Whatever spirit you have to pull yourself into to make a tough decision, you need to do so. The irony is that Nehemiah has, had publicly admitted that he and his brethren had sinned. They disobeyed and they were, you know, very stubborn in their ways. But he based his petition through his prayer and his fasting that God was going to take care of him regardless. And, and you know, we all have our own moral compass that we must abide by. Um, but the only thing I can anchor on is the instinct and our intuition, which I believe is God talking to us anyway. Finally, Nehemiah prayed says, God, I really need you to give me success and make sure that if I do this, that it's, it's your will and, and, and I'm going to be successful in it. And ultimately, that's what we all want. When it comes time for us to make decisions, we want to be able to have that insight and that discernment that if we make this decision, the outcome is going to be in our best interest. Now, I have this to share with you. Everything that happens to us happens for our greatest good regardless. We might go through a situation and it looks like it totally sucks. I mean, it looks like it is the worst thing. But at the end of the day, everything that happens to us happens for our greatest good. Whether you are a believer or whether you are an atheist, you know everything that happens is just how it's going to roll. And ultimately, it happens for our greatest good. So when we're when we're forced to make tough decisions, if we don't have a mental system in place, we're doomed to fail. So that way, we have to pre-think how we're going to handle situations when they come to us. And very often, we're so busied in our daily schedule, we have to do this, 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 that we don't take time to think, how am I going to handle a tough decision when a tough decision comes my way? Because if we have our minds mentally prepared, how am I going to have, how am I going to make a tough decision when a tough decision comes my way? When a tough decision comes your way, you already have a system in place for handling that. 
For example, your kid does something wrong, you don't know what to do. If you already kind of thought out, and this is what a lot of parents do, a lot of couples do. I know my husband and I did it. What is our plan for our teenagers, you know, for when the kids become teenagers? What is going to be their curfew? What is going to be their punishment should they break their curfew? What happens if our kid comes home drunk? What if our kid comes home smelling like smoke? Like these are things that my husband and I discussed when the kids were coming out of middle school and going into high school. So when those situations came, we weren't totally caught off guard and we were able to handle it a little bit better and our ability to make a decision, a swift a, a decision was handled more swiftly than if we were totally caught off guard and our son came home, you know, after curfew. We already discussed it. And so when we're looking at how to make tough decisions like Nehemiah, Nehemiah had already prayed and fasted and petitioned to God and said, you know what, Pray, I'm praying for success and I'm going to go. So I encourage you all, it's, it's you know, a small book in the, in, in the Old Testament, but if you get a chance, please read Nehemiah in your own time and you'll understand the importance of why it is, why Nehemiah is a very good person to follow, whether you are a believer or not. Before you can do anything, you need to, number one, understand the problem. And don't forget, we're talking about how to make tough decisions and the pre-planning that takes place before you have to make a, a tough decision. You're setting yourself up for success because you're thinking about all of the possible outcomes first. What is the problem? What, what could possibly hinder me from success? What is the problem? It's not about digesting the problem right then and there. It's about mentally preparing yourself for being able to grasp and understand the problem quickly. Once we understand the problem, we, under, we identify the sufferers. Who are those at the weakest point of this problem? Who are those at the weakest point of this problem? And at that point, I believe we need to petition to God for an answer. I really firmly believe at that point is when you petition to God for an answer. And don't forget, we're following this process before we have to make a tough decision. Because follow what I'm saying. If you're faced with a challenge and you are knee-deep in that challenge, waist-deep in that challenge, breast deep in that challenge, neck deep in that challenge, your mind is not best positioned to hear from God or to listen to your instinct or your gut to successfully maneuver out of that situation. However, we're talking about pre-planning here. If we identify the problem, identify the sufferers, and petition to God before we have that challenge, we're best able to hear from God even if we don't get that response right away. We may not get the response until the next day, two days later, three weeks later, but don't forget because the problem has not arisen yet, we're still good. We have plenty of time. Today's lesson is not about making decisions right then and there. Listen to me clearly. We have to plan our life. Don't leave your life in the hands of somebody else. One of the reasons I stopped being a publicist, and this is the truth, one of the reasons I stopped being a publicist is because when you're a publicist, your responsibility is to get your clients in the press, 
get them in the media, get them on TV. And I had a client at the time who was very irresponsible. He didn't show up, and he blew a major, major national radio interview. Just didn't feel like going. The producer's calling me. The radio show personality is calling me on my cell phone, calling me at home. Saida, where is he? And I'm like, he just isn't doing it. And they're like, well, we already did the promos. And at that moment, I decided I cannot let my success or failure in life be contingent upon somebody else. We can't let somebody else dictate our life or dictate the outcome of, of our life. As a result, we have to plan as much as we can in advance. And as a result of that pre-planning, we are now anticipating certain challenges, and we're given a heads up of what those challenges could possibly be so we can implement a system to immediately remedy that decision or that challenge with a sound decision. Because God will speak to you at that point because you probably won't be able to hear when you are in the muck and mire of that situation. So once you understand the problem, you've identified the sufferers, you've petitioned to God, or you've listened to your instinct or you've reached out, you now just wait for the opportunity to act with that information that you have. Because Remember I told the, the example that I use for the sake of this lesson is what if our son comes home and he smells like smoke? And this actually did happen. My son was hanging out with a bunch of kids that were smoking. At the time, he did not smoke, and smelled of, and I smelled it on his jacket. But because we had, my husband and I had already discussed it, because it's Obvious your teenager at some point is going to come home either smelling like smoke, break a curfew, smelling like alcohol with a girl, you know, all of these things that teenage boys do because we were able to get through it more quickly. So when he did come home and his jacket smelled of smoke, there was my opportunity to act. And I wasn't coming from a place of distress or despair because I understood the problem, I understood the sufferers, I petitioned to God, and that was my opportunity to act, right then, right there. And Nehemiah followed this exact same pattern. Read it when you can. Now, at that point, we had to assemble the players and come to a resolution. The players were, oh, your jacket smells of smoke. You were with your friends. Call them up. Where are they? And as my son, of course, he's going to argue, oh, mommy, da, 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 da. who are you with? You know, we asked. And so when the kids assembled at our house, you know, sometime later, I was like, hey, you know. And then at that point, we were able to take care of and get our questions answered. It may not happen right then and there. When you assemble the players, because, again, this is how to make tough decisions, you may not be able to act right then and there. Once we knew who was there, how it went down, we were able to better make a decision about our son. Sometimes you can't make a decision. I don't know about you, but there are times my children had crazy infractions and we just didn't punish them at that time, and then they thought we forgot. I know that happened to me several times. (laughs) My parents would come back and be like, oh, Saida, by the way. By the way, that was like a week ago. What is wrong with you? (laughs) But remember, this lesson is about how to make tough decisions like Nehemiah. Nehemiah had to travel. 
Remember, I shared with you, he had to travel all the way to Jerusalem. You can't do that in a day. He's traveling on a donkey. So whether he knew how to make that decision or not, he still had to travel. He couldn't say, okay, here's the problem. We're going to take care of it right now. But when when you plan in advance and when you have some benchmark and some level of guidance and some direction, it makes it a lot easier to make the decision, number one, and number two, it makes the outcome more sustainable and the possibility for success increases. Because now when you're faced with making a tough decision, you need to know with a high degree of certainty that you can trust your own instincts. And I will share this with you. You know, I I share everything with everybody. I have had some very fat years professionally, not literally, I'm talking financially, but I've had some very, very lean years. And during those lean years in my head, I was following the same systems that I used during my fat years. So now I'm like scratching my head. How in the world is it possible that this system worked for me before and I was rolling in the dough and I'm following the same system and I'm not making any money right now? What I did not realize is that things around me had changed. Things around me had totally changed and I hadn't changed with them. I was still following the same rules same policies, the same systems that I had set up and put, set in place that made me successful before, but the world has changed around me. And I have shared, and I particularly talked about it in my book, Life Remix, that the world, we are living in a new normal. We are living in a world that really has not existed before. You know, we, this is the slowest economic growth that we're going through since the 30s, but however, in the 30s, we didn't have uh, the Internet and all of these things. So as a result of my lack of success, even though I was following the same process and system, caused me to question my own decision-making skills. Think about it. If you raise your child one way, and now you're raising your second child the exact same way, and that second child doesn't come out like the first child, is that not going to make you question your parenting skills? If you made a cake one way and you went to make that exact same cake, followed the exact same recipe, and the cake came out differently, what's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to be like, well, wait a minute. Did I do something differently? It is human nature to question your own decision-making skills when things don't go as you had thought. And that happened to me. So when I wasn't successful in some years as I was before, I started questioning my own judgment. And what that did is it opened up my heart to fear, to doubt, to my inability to make decisions quickly because now I'm overthinking everything. Where in fact, all we have to do is rely on our instincts, be cognizant of the world around us, and we'll be fine. We'll be totally fine. It sounds tougher to deal with than it really is, but it's really not that difficult. The key is paying attention to what's around you, following your instincts, and being able to pivot and adjust as necessary. Nehemiah had very, very, very tough decisions to make, as do we in 2012. But I don't believe that our ability to make decisions with a successful outcome is any less possible than it was for Nehemiah thousands of years ago. 
I just don't believe it. You know, a lot of people say the Bible is, is it. It's the only book it is, it was, and that's the end of it. I don't believe that either. If God is the same yesterday, today, as tomorrow, that means we're still getting infinite wisdom poured into us just from different sources. I, I can't believe God stopped talking to people thousands of years ago. I just don't believe it. And if you subscribe to that philosophy, then that's fine. We can still be friends. I just don't believe it. I believe that God is timeless and limitless and spirit has no beginning and end. So based on that premise, the same instincts and knowledge and insight and discernment that they had thousands of years ago, we still have at our disposal today. But we've intellectualized ourselves to a place where we think we're smarter than what we're hearing in our left ear. And that's just not true. It's absolutely just not true. Sometimes you have to lay your intellect to the side and listen to your instinct. And so when we're faced with making tough decisions and when we're faced with having to get through some really, really tough battles, we may not be able to rely on a book. We may not be able to rely on what our college professor taught us. You can talk to theology student after theology student after theology student. They know who Moses' brother was, Jesus' father was, Ezra's cousin was. But how does that apply to why I have no food right now because I lost my job through no fault of my own? And these are real decisions that people have to make now. Times have changed. So it is my prayer for all of you who have listened to today's show slash lesson slash Saida standing on a soapbox <laughs> that your that your life is now changed and that now you're listed a little higher today than you were before you listened to today's show. We are faced with some very, very tough times, and I need you to understand trust your ability to make solid decisions. You may have questioned your inability to make good decisions in the past, just have just as I have. I felt I lost, I, I thought my GPS was messed up. The next book I'm writing is Life Remix Volume 2, Discover Your Compass, because I had to rediscover my navigation system. And once I started rediscovering my navigation system, I understood I, I had a deeper understanding that I have to listen to my instincts. I have to understand the problem and trust that every answer that I need to be successful is going to come to me. You can't Google that. You can't go to alltop.com for that. You can't go to Oprah for that. You have to trust in your ability to make good decisions that comes from instinct, as opposed to always being able to read, how do you do this, how do you do that, how do you do this? I want to thank everybody for their time today. Thank you so much for listening. Um, and I just want to say very quickly, there's a post in the chat room, and I just want to say good morning, Ria, hello, darling, that uh, it was posted in the chat room. Someone once told me God doesn't give you what you can handle. He gives you what he can handle, and I believe that. I, I totally believe that, and I believe in our limitless opportunities to successfully navigate every challenge that we have in our life. It sounds a little lofty, but it's the truth. We are powerful beyond measure. We are powerful beyond measure. We have so much power that rests inside of us. Think back. Remember, at the top of the show, the, the inspiration for today's show was a picture of me looking at a horse 
tied to a plastic chair. We are the horse, and that plastic chair represents all of the simple challenges in our life, and they are simple. They're illusions. They're simple challenges that if we just made a decision that we can prevail and we can be conquerors, we're going to be dragging those problems behind us just as that horse would be dragging that plastic chair once it realized I can trust my decision-making skills. Thank you all for listening. I'm so grateful for your time. Thank you for tuning in. And if you missed any portion of today's show, you can definitely uh, listen to the podcast on CyberOnMorningShow.com or you can uh, go into iTunes and you'll be able to hear all of our past shows because we have been on the air since 2008. So there are hundreds of shows that you can listen to. Um, And I also want to share with you, please, if you can, log on to CyBrownGlobal.com. I have shared with you that it is my passion that we all understand that life is happening around us and outside of the United States. A lot of big things are happening on a global level. And uh, so just log on to CyBrownGlobal.com. It's refreshed five times a day, so I refresh the site 6 a.m., 9 a.m., 12 noon, 3 p.m., and 6 p.m. I'm sorry, that's six times. (laughs) So that way you can be stay up up to date and fully aware of all of the global stories that actually shape our, our, our economy and policies and, and just advocacy issues around, uh, around our country. Always remember that we shall pass through this world but once. Any good, therefore, that we can do or any kindness that we can show to any human being, let us do it now. Let us not defer or neglect it, for we shall not pass this way again. I love you all for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>